Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Hello and thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. It is the end of Ramadan, however Ricky is still not with us, he is celebrating Eid by stuffing his face full of some quality and quantitative food. He's probably got a food full of samosas right now, so fair play to him and happy Eid to Ricky and his family. I am, however, joined by a guest tonight, a special guest who is making his name well-known through the podcasting world at the moment. He is one half of Brainbuster Radio Collective's Badlands. He is the host of the Why We Watch pod on Visionaries Wrestling Network. He is the light, the shining bright light of the darkness that is wrestling Twitter. He is... (laughs) He is the best thing to come out of the north of England since Sean Bean. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, marks of all ages, I introduce to you, returning to the show, Mr. Darren Kirkby. Hello, Darren. Hello, everybody, and welcome to When We Watch. Oops, I mean the Ricky and Clive show. Thank you for having me on. It's an absolute honour. I absolutely love when I, I get to talk to guys like yourself and... Yeah, for some reason, I'm 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 the flavour of the month. I don't know why. Uh, I do think it's because they just want like a, an idiot on the show to laugh at. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Can't wait to get into this NXT review. I wouldn't put yourself down too much. There are already a couple of idiots on this show normally, so <laughs> don't worry. Sorry, Ricky, if you're listening. So this week we are going to discuss what was a milestone in the WWE quote-unquote deve- developmental era, and that was the NXT 25, which happened in Bridgeport, Connecticut, at the weekend there. But before we do that, there is some pressing issues, the more sort of serious things that we have to discuss. As of June the 5th today, there have been nine 24-7 title reigns between five wrestlers. Now, this is important information. Now, the inaugural champion, as you know, was Titus O'Neil. R-Truth has the most reigns at four, and his first reign is the longest reign at eight days. He's the only champion to hold the title for longer than a day. Jinder Mahal has the shortest reign at 11 seconds. As after winning the title, he immediately lost it back to R-Truth in a, a, a fairway hazard, if there ever was one. Truth 
is also the oldest champion, winning the title at 47 years old, while Elias is the youngest. Elias is only 31 years old. Wow. Makes me look young. It, it doesn't look a day over 32. <laughs> so, I know people like to think of this as a joke, but this is serious business. We have to. This is going to be a regular feature of the show, Darren. I'll try not to laugh. Well, you did well with the mute button there, I have to say. <laughs> so, right. NXT 25. Overall, a good show. You enjoyed it then? I absolutely loved it. I felt that the build-up was quite weird. It didn't feel the same as a normal NXT build uh, takeover build-up. And I couldn't really put my finger on why it felt like that. And I the only the only thing I can think of is it, that it wasn't attached to another uh, WWE pay per view, which has mm-hmm. made it a little bit weird. But coming off the back of Double or Nothing, they had a lot to live up to, and I think they knocked it clean out of the park. It was such a good show. Yeah, it was. They did well to knock it out of the park, as you say. And you're right with regards to the the builds. Sometimes recently, I think the builds to the NXT takeovers have been. Not lacking, just maybe in comparison to older NXTs, uh, it's as if it's as, almost as if it's rushed, and I don't feel like that's the case from days gone by. I think as well they brought brought it forward a week. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I think so. So maybe that sort of rushed or taping schedules or something. But yeah. needless to say, once the night was over, uh, people were calling match of the year, best match ever. Uh, top notch all up and down the card so if you want we'll we just go from the opening uh, Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong let's go for it for me this was a maybe a recency bias but this was as ferocious an opener to a takeover that I may have ever seen uh, they came out the gate with like it was like a bee sting right on the arse basically <laughs> it, it was a thousand miles an hour but they were still able to tell the story with Matt Riddle's back being the focal point of attention Roderick Strong the messiah of the backbreakers these guys they, they just wanted to kill each other after weeks of altercation Riddle's offence was as I say that was hampered uh, Strong seemed to me as if he was sending a message to someone I don't know if it was Adam Cole Triple H Regal, Vince, uh, Cody and the Young Bucks and all those guys but at the end of the day I think he he made that mission, he gave that statement across. My favourite part was the bit with the when Riddle was trapped in the the ropes and Roderick was just running the ropes and smashing him with the elbows (laughs) frighteningly good match at a really really fast pace and I I want to give a shout out to our friend Rob Ropey he had been singing Matt Riddle's praises for some time and I just couldn't get into him, but very slowly and surely, I'm on his side. And after that performance <coughs> on Saturday night, I am well and truly won over. Yeah, I think for me, it was the perfect way to open that takeover. Any other match in that place would not have worked as well as that. <clears throat> they were just balls to the wall. Like you said, they wanted to absolutely murder each other. That The spot you were on about where... Uh, Riddle was was trapped in the ropes and and Roderick would just 
pounding in, and then the the spot uh, going up to the end where it was just it was as smooth as butter with all the like the the transitions from move to move. Mm-hmm. They are two amazing wrestlers. I don't think Roddy gets the praise that he should because that guy can put on a performance, and I think Matt Riddle is probably primed to be uh, WWE's next big star. See. I get, I do get that. I mean, with Roderick Strong, yes, he is a very, very competent wrestler, and he's he's fanboy strong and all that stuff. I could watch him wrestle. I think because he was under the guise of a tag team, his singles qualities didn't shine through as much. Mm-hmm. With Riddle, do you think the gimmick that he has would allow him to be the top guy? Um, I think if he ever went to the main roster, it would get uh, calmed down a little bit. Obviously, we've we've seen guys and and girls go up from NXT, and their their uh, names are changed, or the gimmicks changed, or they just end up sat in uh, catering, <laughs> twiddling the thumbs. But I think because of Matt Riddle's crossover appeal, obviously he's got this legitimacy of a a, a real MMA star. I think Vince is going to have wet dreams over him. So. I think he's definitely going to be, when Brock finally does decide to pack it in, I think he's going to be the person who, who fits into that legitimate fighter role. Probably. Because as as relaxed as he is, see when it comes down to it, you saw that with the aggression that he had in the Velveteen Dream match. Mm-hmm. He can go when he wants to. And I, I don't want to touch on... It was one of those ones that wasn't like a perfect professional wrestling match that was just balls to the wall all out assault upon each other mm-hmm. and I, I, wouldn't, I don't know if there was much selling more than just adrenaline between the two um, yeah. but I, I will t- I want to talk about selling later on uh, I wonder if you know what match I'm referring to <laughs> so, what, what do you think's next for Matt Riddle in the NXT world now I've was hoping that when he put out his tweets about going to main roster, that that was going to be what happened. He'd he come up to main roster. Uh, I don't know, because he's lost to the the North American champion. He's not, the only thing I can see is if he goes through Undisputed Era one by one right. to go against against Adam Cole, that that would oh. be a, a pretty decent storyline. Leading up to SummerSlam weekend? Yeah, yeah. I could be all for that actually uh, they've not had if they had a singles match on TV they have haven't they but it was am I, am I talking rubbish I think Cole and, and Riddle have had a, a match but did it, did it end in like disqualification probably when, when the lads jumped in uh-huh. uh, I, I'm all as I say I, I am a firm supporter of him now just his wrestling style it is what I like not so much the MMA, but just that amateur wrestling. Yeah. Uh, see the the three amigo gut gut buster suplexes that he does. Mm-hmm. Oh, I eat that eat that up every single time. It's a delight to see, and he does have some sensibilities with like the pro wrestling world. I do I do see them now. Once yeah. I look past the the flip flops and the bros and stuff like that, it it does kind of leave that to the side when it comes to the matches because. A random comparison. Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura, since basically the first match with Sami Zayn, he's very relaxed during a match. 
And if we're keeping it kayfabe, that's not exactly worked in his favour over the last few years. Whereas Riddle's relaxed outside the ring, but when it comes to it, he's ready to throw some palm strikes and brutal brutal kicks to the chest and all that stuff. I think there's a difference there, and I think it could work in his favour. Yeah, um, um, the the... I, I agree with all your points, but I look at it from the the MMA side. I was a big fan of Matt Riddle's when he was in the UFC, right. uh, and when he got cut was absolutely unreal. Because if I remember right, it was like a four-fight win streak that he were on, and he got cut for obviously because he he likes to partake with the wacky tobacco. <laughs> uh, so how that'll transition in WWE? There's rumours, obviously, that he's got a clause in his contract where he doesn't get fined for for being high. So, um, yeah, I, I love the, the... He brings to to NXT what Brock should have brought to WWE with the with the strong-hitting MMA style. I know Brock went from uh, WWE to MMA and then come back, mm-hmm. but I think uh, Matt Riddle does all the things that Brock should have done when he came back to... to uh, the WWE instead of just being a suplex everyone 50 times and then F5 and five times and the match is over. Uh-huh. Matt Riddle's got a, a skills that Brock should have brought and I think once Brock does pack it in, Matt Riddle comes up, I think he's definitely going to be the the, the big star in WWE. Where, uh, where he will just be called Matt probably as well. <laughs> yeah, or Riddle, just Riddle. Uh-huh, the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> a big bro question mark with a big bro with a question mark <laughs> oh my god like a question <laughs> he'll dye his hair green um, I will start watching WWE if shit like that happens <laughs> don't be surprised just bear it in mind riddle me this riddle me that <laughs> you'd say that it was a good option for the, the curtain jerker and I do agree but I thought I don't know, I just thought that it would have been the the ladder match that followed. Um, this, a friend, Rance Morris, a.k.a. Ray Cash, said this is maybe the best ladder match he's ever seen. I fully agree with him. Maybe not Maybe not fully, actually, that's a bit strong, but uh, it's definitely on par with the likes of the TLC matches for me. Really? Absolutely, yeah. I thought it was a stunning match. I don't think one person in this match come out looking weak. Obviously, a, a ladder match is hard to to predict the spots, but wow, them lads absolutely blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. Yeah. Such a good a good ladder match. I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, you had injuries to uh Carl O'Reilly. Looks like he's got a kidney ripped out of his uh, out of his <laughs> back. The spot where um was it Montez Ford jumped over the on, yes. off the post onto the ladder. The ladder didn't even wobble when he did it. Uh even the introduction of um is it Gunner, the big guy from Forgotten Sons? They even made him look strong. Is it Gunner? Yeah, Jackson Riker. That's him. Gunner in TNA, weren't uh-huh, it? Yeah. Yeah. Even he looked strong. I mean, he weren't even meant to be in the match, but he come out and he, the, all of them having to like dogpile him to to like get him out of the ring. Made him look strong. So that match was an absolute belter for me. Yeah. Touching on Riker for a second, he has been quietly presented as something of a bit of a monster on TV for some time now. A few weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, he basically 
He was supposed to have a match with Humberto Carrillo, but he destroyed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it required one and two themselves, um, what are their names, Lorcan and Birch, to come yeah. and help. And he, he has been booked quite strongly. It's just this whole Forgotten Sons thing. It's it's a, an unfortunate name, really, because you do kind of forget about them all the time. <laughs> well, the the fans certainly did with that chant when uh, when they were fighting, chanting, we forgot oh. you, we forgot you. See, however, Wesley Blake, that man was wrestling with five years or five or six years worth of frustration because he was he suicide dove basically a ladder, not the people that holding the ladder. I thought he'd crushed his head in. Yeah, uh, he was a man possessed, and he was another yeah. one who had a a statement to make. I was floored by how important Wesley Blake was to the quality of the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, you're talking about Montez Ford's leap onto the ladder. See the bit right before it where Angelo Dawkins speared someone underneath the ladder. Yeah, this is a random point, but see for aesthetics alone, I really like his spear. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think the, a lot of that puzzle pieces fell into place with that match. There was stuff that could have gone wrong mm. and almost did go wrong, but just about pulled off to make them. I mean, a ladder match is hard, hard to predict. The ladder can fall in the wrong place, but yeah, they just did so well. I mean, there were a few times where you could telegraph what they were doing, where they'd put a ladder just to the side of, of where the title belt were, so you knew a big spot were coming up, but it's stuff that things like that you have to prepare for because you know if they're going to pull off these big spots they need to be uh, ladders need to be in the right place but all in all I absolutely loved that match and I thought Mm. it was a great follow up to the opening kept the crowd absolutely hot yeah I loved it and the right people won because the Street Profits have done their time they've got the crowd on their side I mean they had a little red cup section going yeah I I loved it loved it what I liked about the match was there were basically three teams out with Undisputed Era who were there to, I'm going to say this a lot tonight, make a statement. Mm-hmm. Um, all these teams for the first time were able to incorporate the added that added wrinkle of ladders into their everyday offence. There was um, Undisputed Era did a, a sort of draping DDT tandem wheelbarrow German suplex onto a ladder, if that makes sense. Uh, flapjacks, suicide dives there were leg, leg locks drooping from the ladder as well just, I thought that although Undisputed Era were the anchors they by no means carried the match No. Um, the other six um, slash seven guys more than more than made it their own as well so yeah. just top notch, excellent there was a bit where the ladder went flying and Kyle O'Reilly nearly was decapitated. <laughs> and that's, I think that got a, a shocked gasp from the crowd. I thought, oh shit, here we go. Yeah, and that's it. That's how quickly a ladder match can go wrong. But for the for the grace of God, it didn't. And we ended up with one of the, the better ladder matches that, that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's hard to... I'm not sure if I would go so far as to say it was the best ladder match I've seen. Top 10, yes. I'm not sure about top 5. I mean, I would maybe split singles with multi-man or even tag team ones because uh, they're just completely different atmospheres for each one. If you've got mm-hmm. a singles match, it's more cerebral, it's more 
um, tactically aware, whereas the multi-men ones are, as Ricky and I like to call them, organised chaos. <laughs> this was yeah. disorganised chaos. It was that good. If that, yeah. like, it, it was so chaotic, it didn't look organised, and that's when you know you've got a really good multi-man match. So, yeah, totally agree. I remember it for a long time, but I have a, I have a prediction for what will happen with the Street Profits. With um, it's obviously we'll talk about the main event later, but Adam Cole baby is the new NXT champion. I can see now. Remember, Adam Cole said at the start of the year, undisputed era will be draped in gold. Mm-hmm. The undisputed era, Riley and Fish will beat Street Profits before Brooklyn's uh, not Brooklyn. I'm so used to saying Brooklyn for the SummerSlam one. <laughs> uh, the SummerSlam weekend, it will be on a, a TV tapings and the Street Profits will be buried, for want of a better term. I keep thinking that they'll they'll get called up because Vince will want some new hot team and they'll end up being Crime Time 2.0. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm laughing, but you're right. <laughs> How bad would that be, though? I know. <laughs> they would probably bring, bring in, what's the guy's name? Is it Shad? Shad, Shad and JTG. Uh, they'll bring in Shad as the manager. Yeah. Well, them two are back together now on the Indies uh, as yeah. Crown Time, so. Nice one. Uh, I quite like them, actually. I have yeah. to say. But, yeah, it's one of those gimmicks that's. Oh! I don't know if it's on the nose, but if it was on the main roster, Vince might make it on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with his recent track record of um, stereotyping people. And also with the the stuff that's come out with the Moxley interviews, uh, he's, he's been pretty close to saying, getting uh, Dean to say some brutal things. So it would not surprise me if he'd come out and said, yep, yeah, you're going to be crammed time too. Jeez, oh, oh. Well, best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, moving on to the North American title, I'm going to predict in the future that missing piece of the puddle, puzzle, Roderick Strong might involve himself in this at some point in the future. But mm-hmm. North American title match, Velveteen Dream, Tyler Breeze. What were your overall thoughts on this one? Um, I was a little bit sceptical about uh, Tyler Breeze then coming back down. I felt same here, that same here. it was almost like a demotion. But he carried it well. It was a very, very good match. I wouldn't say it was like the best match on the card by a long stretch, but we know Tyler Breeze can go. And I think the build-up made this a better match than it should have been with the old uh, NXT has upgraded their cellular plan. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, Dream could sell me a fight between absolutely anyone. I was like like you were with Matt Riddle. Like, at first, I didn't really get the dream. I didn't really uh, get with his character, but then obviously we had the same our name promo. Fantastic. Um, and then the stuff with Ricochet, yeah, and I'm, I'm 100% in, in Dream's corner. I think um, Tyler Breeze did absolutely well. The, I love the bits with the selfies. I know he's got a lot of stick on Twitter about that, saying, oh, if you've been beat, why would you want a selfie? Stuff like that. I thought it was an absolutely great match. Both both guys look quality. Um, yeah, I don't think there's that much more to say. It was a really, really good match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was quite iffy about Breeze coming back as well. 
Not so much that it was a demotion because if he's back there full time, he'll be wrestling more. Uh, he's getting more exposure. Well, for the internet circle with the NXT following. But it wasn't Tyler Breeze turned up to 11. And he was that when he left. I, mm-hmm. I actually missed the, see the feathered co- um, selfie stick? Yeah. That was that was Tyler Breeze and the, the attitude that he had with not wanting the refs to touch him. It just mm-hmm. felt as if he wasn't fully invested in it. Did you get that at all from him? Not, yeah, I understand so what you there. mean. Maybe it's uh, because he's, he's, it's his first match back. Uh, he just wants to get his feet wet almost uh, mm. get, before getting himself fully involved in the character. Maybe we're just told that it was a one-shot, uh, but then looked to, to stay in them. And I don't know, but I understand what you mean. But if you if you think he hasn't wrestled really for a long, long while, especially in front of a TV camera, so maybe it was a little bit of ring rust. Maybe uh, he's got to get back into the the mindset of being Prince Prince Pretty again. Mm. I don't. That's the thing. I thought his his uh, wrestling was fantastic. Uh, it was just the character side of things. It seemed as if <laughs> he was more interested in reminding people that he could wrestle over and above. Being the sort of flashy, flashy gimmick guy, but the actual yeah. match itself, there was a violence to it that I did not expect at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it got aggressive really quickly out beside the commentary table, and it was as if the, this was one of those instances where the the hype video was really good. It was all you needed to know for the the match going into it. Uh, as you say, they've updated their cellular plan. That's so. <laughs> it's so true, though. Yeah, and I think that might be part of why I'm a wee bit unsure if Prince Pretty going back to NXT is going to work because it has evolved exponentially since he's been away. Uh, and is he going to be lost in the shuffle? Well, this is it. I mean, he is essentially playing a very similar character to Dream, so maybe it, it's a case of he's having to adapt his character so it, it differentiates himself from the dream and maybe he's just not found that groove yet maybe there'll be a tag team that Vince got <laughs> fashion please 2.0 uh, yep <laughs> uh, I just think that specific role the, the gold dust role of today Velveteen Dream does it better than Tyler Breeze and I'm just mm-hmm. a wee bit concerned that he'll fall by the wayside because I know he wasn't being used in the main roster. He himself has come out on Twitter recently saying, listen, if I wasn't happy being here, I wouldn't have signed that contract, which I believe a lot of people should take heed of what he's saying and all the rumours going about about wrestlers not happy with their current circumstances. But with Dream, I just think he's had a a fascinating journey since the Say My Name stuff with Alistair Black. He was with regards to his character and storyline he came across as insecure in himself at the early stages although he was all bravado he wanted people to recognise who he was and he had to go through all these indie darlings Uh, he he wanted to try and match Ricochet in a wrestling match uh, and it only came to fruition towards the end when he finally got the really good couple of nights at Worlds Collide the, what was that thing called? Halftime Heat yeah, and then the North American title, and since then he has a he's securing himself. He's confident. He's willing to take on anyone. I don't think I've seen him look intimidated by anyone. 
even Matt Riddle. So beforehand, he seemed intimidated, but not anymore. So from a strictly kayfabe point of view, Dream's been quite a, a maturing character, which I've really enjoyed. Yeah, I think something has definitely lit a fire under his arse. And it reminds me of the old wrestling scene uh, we used to get from the likes of Bruce Pritchard. The best characters are, the, are usually the, the people who are just as cells but turn the volume way up. And that's what it seems like the dream is doing. He's, he's living this character and he's, and he's so good at it. I mean, he went straight onto Twitter after the match and, and was like, follow, follow that AEW. Aye. So... Oh. Yeah, I, I love him, and I think he's another one who is going to be the the a face of WWE for a long, long time. I really hope so. I'm not. I don't want to say he's got to be. He better be. But I really do hope so. I think there's a lot of potential with him. Yeah, I mean, my only worry, and it still is a worry, is is the the sexually ambiguous like side of his character. I don't know how that's going to play in a PG-centred main roster. I know. Uh, maybe that he would be a character that probably would need some tweaking because we, he's never he never comes out and says it's sexual, but it's it's got that sexual air about it. And I just can't see this with the sponsors that WWE have that that'll go down well. See, it's even down to his posture because when he first... When he was Patrick Clark wearing the, the red, white and blue pants and stuff on a couple of TV appearances, it's as if, I don't know if he's had a back injury or just the way he is, but he puffs out his chest. And yeah, he peacocks. I think he, he peacocks. Like he'll, he'll walk and his back's arched and his, mm-hmm. and his like arse is out and his chest is out. Yeah, he very, very peacocks when he walks. Uh-huh. And I think it's, there is a, it's quite sexually provocative. Just the way he holds himself. Uh, and, well, the way he holds himself. Did you like that one? <laughs> That's definitely... I know. But the... So there is a fine line there. If they tone down his double entendres, uh, and if he's not sort of licking his fingers as he's writhing about the ring, then it could work. Mm-hmm. So, good. I'm really happy for Dream. He's had an excellent year so far, 2019. Yeah, I, I think sometime this year it's, he's got that NXT title in the bag. Oh, that would be a moment. That would be quite the moment, actually. It, man, how long have we got? But how many more takeovers this year? What's it going to be like? Maybe two or three? It might, might go into next year, though. It might go into like WrestleMania time next year, but he'll be very soon an uh, NXT champion. Yeah, and he's one of those wrestlers who... If he got the you deserve it chance, it would be warranted, in my opinion. And and he's still so young. What is he like? Twenty three. Oh. He's got the absolute wrestling world at his feet, yeah. and he could probably still go for another twenty years. So I would not be bothered at all if WWE really, really took the time with him and let him mm. really breathe as a character. And before calling him up, I, I hope he gets that 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 chance to breathe before he he gets called up and and then ends up being lost in the shuffle, which looks like that might be the case for Ricochet and Alistair Black. Uh, I think Dream is a a much more character-based wrestler than both of them, so he's got the potential to be the face of the WWE, and I think if they just give him the time to make sure he's 100% knows his own character, then 
then they've got absolute money in that kid. Yep. Uh, if he wants, I think he's got a job for life with WWE. Definitely, definitely. Even if it's later on down the line where he's injured or just ready to give it up, he could work in whatever whatever the performance centre's going to be like in 15 years or so. He could yeah. really work with youngsters with their character, with their promos and stuff like that. Just general the pomposity of the wrestling world. Yeah, absolutely, totally agree. I mean, to be so young and to get your character as well as he does, yeah, he's he's an absolute asset to WWE. I could talk about Dream for a long time, you know that. <laughs> so the next match on the card was, again, sadly for me, the, the not the best of the night. What were your thoughts on Shayna Baszler's successful defence against Io Shirai? Now, taking it as a, as the match itself, I thought the match was a, a good quality match. It mm-hmm. was really good action. But for me, the Shayna Baszler matches have become so formulaic that it's it's hard to see where she loses. And and when you when you go up against people like Shirai, Shirai should have won that match. I, I felt. Uh, I don't think. Another notch on on Shayna's defense list really adds anything to to her, and and again, I think for me, I think she's being kept down to to keep to almost keep the four horsewomen story thing alive. I mean, I know Ronda's gone, but she's still got uh, Shafia and Duke as a backup, and they are definitely not ready to come up to Maine. No, and no, I think, no. and I think without her, they would probably get cut because they are so green, it's unreal. Um, so I think that's why she's been kept down in NXT. But I don't, I just don't know. I, I like her, and I think she's an amazing wrestler, but there needs to be some sort of different formula to that to her matches because it, it was the same thing again. She locked in the uh, the Carafuga clutch and and we had to wait 10, 15 minutes. I mean, that that was on too long. I don't know. She just... It was a good match. If, if I were to judge it as a match, I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. the match, but if I were to judge it as Shayna's story in NXT, it's it's getting boring for me. Okay. I mean, it, if you look at the the rest of the women's roster, she's literally beat everybody oh. bar Candice LeRae. There's only Candice LeRae who I can see maybe challenging. Yeah. Uh, the good thing that they did was they, they added the little bit of at the end where Shirai went absolutely nuts, so maybe we get a rematch and Shirai just absolutely kicks the shit out of her butt. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I just that was the piss break match for me. Yeah, and it's a shame to say that, but I, I totally agree with, with Baszler being in NXT for so long. I think she's filling that role that Bailey had and that Asuka had, where the women's roster of NXT has been raided and gutted, and they've not got much left. They're not ready. I don't know. Some of them might be ready, but maybe that's why she's been kept down. With regards to her matches, that match on its own was fine, but I just I've not enjoyed her matches as much as I used to, and that's not and that's not because Shayna keeps winning. I don't mind her winning. I think she is honestly head and shoulders. See for the the WWE pro wrestling style, sports entertainment style. I think she's head and shoulders above everyone in that division. Yeah, uh, I think the two goons. 
are devaluing her quite significantly. They, the, they just remain so unconvincing that it's hard to believe they actually make a difference, that they're actually a factor in Shana's faction or stable. And if there's anything to be said that is detrimental to Shana, maybe she's not being able to carry... I think she can be a leader, but I don't think she's able to carry people who just have not got any potential. I don't see... That's been quite a while they've been there now and they've not improved. I saw someone on Twitter who saw them at a a house show and they're still not good, which is worrying. Mm -hmm. I think as well the... The order or the hierarchy of challengers has been a bit off. I've I've seen Bianca Belair put in a hell of a shift a couple of times. I've seen Mia Yim put on a fantastic performance on TV. One of my TV matches of the year, actually, with Shayna. Mm-hmm. I still don't know what's going on with Candice LeRae. Why, why have they not pulled the trigger on her? I'll not understand that. And through all this... They seem to have a, a hard-on for these Sky Pirates. And personally, from what I've seen, I was I quite enjoyed Kyrie saying at the start, but I don't think... I think they pale in comparison to the likes of Ember Moon, Asuka, Ruby Riot. I just don't think... See, when it comes to those women that are already up in the main roster, they're not as good as Asuka and Ember. I don't see what the big fuss about them is and why they've been... It seems like they're at the front of the... Babyface challenger queue. Yeah, I mean, I've seen uh, some of Io Shirai's uh, work uh, from Stardom, and the Io Shirai that you see in NXT is is it's like a whole different person. She's that. not not the same kind of wrestler at all. Uh, whether she's struggling to come uh, and and get a hold of like WWE style, I don't know. But yeah, I agree with. You. I don't think that. I, I don't think they should have, she should have been the particular the, the challenger, I think. And like I said, I think they should have pulled the, the trigger on Candice LeRae way before now. She's another one. The stuff that she did on the Indies is absolutely... She was a brutal fighter, absolutely brutal. <laughs> absolutely. And and now she's literally just Mrs. Johnny Wrestling. And mm-hmm. it's it's a shame because you see these characters and you know what they can do and... And she's essentially a valley or essentially the backup to Io Shirai, which is an absolute waste. Hopefully they'll 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 pull the trigger and we'll see a great match in, in Shayna versus Can Candice. But yeah, some something needs to change. I mean, going back to the goons that she had, yeah, when um Candice come down with the kendo stick. You could see uh, Jessamine, I think that's the top, the blonde one. Uh, you could see her like putting her arms up way before she was going to get hit with the with the the kendo stick. And it's like, come on, it's ba- it's basic one on one. You 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 telegraphing what's going to happen. You you clearly mm-hmm. you're still so so green, and it's a shame that if it is the reason why she has been kept down in NXT because she could have took the place that that Lacey Evans took on on Raw as the as the big bad heel but it's just it's it's hard to watch sometimes because you know that Shayna's head and shoulders above everyone and and it shows in the roster and the rest of the roster's being kept down because of it uh-huh. and it's not I don't think it's Shayna's fault <laughs> it's just it's absolutely not I wonder if she personally feels hampered by her friends well, she must have played a part in getting involved because they were all a part of the the UFC world. Uh, 
maybe she she does think oh, shit. I shouldn't have done this. It's like when you, mm-hmm. you have you get a new job and you get your mates on and they end up being knobheads, uh, and you think, yes, oh, I, I wish I didn't get, that. I wish I didn't get Steve and John a job Aye. because it looks bad on me. <laughs> I've done that a, a couple of times, and I've also <laughs> been taken on by friends, and it's not worked out. So. Uh, it's a shame. It's a shame because one of the excellent things about NXT over the years has been the women's division mm-hmm. and its many different evolutions, stages of evolution. So hopefully it picks up soon. Yeah, it's weird to see because you obviously we had obviously Oscar who was absolutely dominant, but her dominance compared to Shayna's dominance is like comparing apples and oranges. Um, when Ask when Asuka had had these matches you at least felt that the the opponents were being like elevated where you just don't get that win with Shayna matches. You just see opponents being absolutely just decimated. Uh-huh, I know. Ah, speaking of opponents being decimated. Eh, right. Uh, Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole for the NXT title. But they I liked this I liked the match. I thought it was more um, palatable than the Mania weekend match. I thought they took some breathers. They worked body parts, but it's as if they thought, I'll, I'll work the body part now, but then I won't. And then I will, and then I won't. And it was <laughs> it got quite bad. See, if I don't see another super kick again, I would be a happy <laughs> man. Well, the the double super kick spot on the outside looked pretty good, but yeah, I understand what you mean. It was very, very super kick heavy. I felt this match was weird before it even started because I've always felt that you go from a singles match to a gimmick match, but they've like done that in the reverse order. They've gone from like the three uh, two out of three falls gimmick match to go to a straight single match. It's it's very weird booking. Uh, I think this were a better match than the, the two out of three falls, but yeah, I, can, I know what you mean about the uh, the super kicks and, and the focusing on body parts, but how good is Johnny Gagano? That guy could literally wrestle a broom to a five-star match. It, it could, and they're, they're so good. And I'll say this till I'm blue in the face. Adam Cole is a common denominator in a lot of NXT's greatest matches over the mm-hmm. last couple of years. He's not flashy, but... He's just, he's that broomstick, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. The proverbial broomstick. And Johnny Gargano, see if Selen wasn't an issue, it would be, he is, he's up there, top three, in terms of pure wrestling ability, for sure. My problem with this match, and this is what I was talking about with the Matt Riddle, uh, Roderick Strong one, there wasn't much Selen in the first match. But that seemed to be based off adrenaline, just surging them on and a backbreaker would hurt them for a couple of seconds and then they'd say, mm-hmm. no, no, I'm coming back. With this, they would take uh, massive super kicks, brain busters, uh, usually, what's the brain buster onto the knee called? Oh, uh, Urinaga. Uh, Yushi yeah, Roshi or something like that. It's, it's something like that, yeah. Uh, I know what you mean. Uh, it's as if they're playing possum instead. And it's as if it's not adrenaline that comes across as, oh, you just hit me with a, a Panama Sunrise. Ah, but I'm okay. Here's a super kick for your troubles. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't want to be a, a wrestling purist. I don't 
because I mean I'm waxing lyrical about the twenty four seven title. Just sometimes it's not that believable. I mean, Adam Cole, Panama Sunrised, what's his face, Johnny Gargano, onto the floor, and then threw him into the ring and he kicked out. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. I understand what you mean. Uh, I think it was just more to sell the point that they can't keep him down, they can't keep him down, and then all of a sudden it's that last move that that does it. Uh, I. It, it's a trope, unfortunately, of, of Johnny Gagano matches. He's got to be this person who defies all the odds and it takes everything you've got and then some to, to put the guy down. Um, plus, they're also going to, to try and beat the star rating, I suppose. So uh-huh. you've got to keep Dave Meltzer sweet. Uh, but I, th- I felt that this match was a really, really good match, more because of how emotionally invested I ended up be- becoming in it yes. uh, I was up and down jumping about that oh my god he's got him oh no he's not and yeah it, and when they started doing like each other's like finishing moves or that kind of stuff I eat that up all day mm-hmm. long yes. and it's actually really interesting how we talk about Shayna Baszler being like this dominant champion and nobody could beat her but then how many times have they hot shotted this NXT world championship it seems that no one can get a string of defences going. Obviously, with, with Champa going out, we don't really know what would have happened. We can guess that Gargano was going to win. Mm-hmm. But plans were up in the air. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if this was a plan all along. And the whole this whole um, undisputed era, having infights with each other, for the time being, I was I was convinced that Roderick Strong or someone was going to come down and cost Adam Cole the match. 100% yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. And I was thinking that from before the matches even started, I thought he's going to come out and screw uh, Adam Cole. But they didn't even any of them didn't come out. That was quite weird. I know. I, I liked the bit where it was Adam Cole was making out as if they were going to come out. Uh, yeah, but that that didn't really even lead to anything, though. I mean, it, it, Johnny clocked on and then got back in the ring. I mean, they could have made more of that, I felt. Yeah, was that not the bit where Cole did that weird no-armed pile driver or something like mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I can understand. There was some good storytelling elements, and but for me, I think this, just, this was a, a chat between the boys saying, right, Double or nothing just happened. We had the Young Bucks versus Pentagon and Phoenix and they were kicking out of Canadian destroyers or Mexican destroyers onto the apron. Let's just um, up the ante. I think that's what it was. It was a let's beat double or nothing. Yeah, or, yeah. or if not that, if not as cynical, let's beat the first match that we had. And they might well do. I don't know what the, was it 5.5 stars it got last time? Yeah. Uh, so we'll find out what happens with that I can't wait to find out what the ratings are tomorrow <laughs> yeah there's been some brilliant wrestling over the last uh, month a bit uh, I don't know if Dave's got enough stars to dish out I know his, his well will be running dry surely <laughs> he's going to get to a 10 star match soon surely to god Yep, and that will be when uh, Mustafa Ali takes on Buddy Murphy 
<laughs> and I still that's a stretch that is a stretch no, you no. don't it won't give it to WWE you'll be lucky if that's a three star aye probably um, what was I going to say what's next for Gargano do you think this is going to be a, a best out of three or I don't know because I, like you mentioned there was the whole Roddy um, like Infarting, but that seems like it's gone by the wayside. And like I said, we we may get the Dream versus Rodder. Who else is there, really? Matt Riddle or Johnny Gargano again? Uh, maybe Johnny comes up to main roster because that was obviously teased before um, Champ had got injured. So maybe that comes back. But yeah, it, it can't be left at that. Surely, not one apiece. It's got to be a rubber match. Either that or a, a triple threat with Matt Riddle. Oh, ooh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, they're not known for their triple threats. No. Um, but I would be into that. SummerSlam weekend. Yeah. So we've ca- kind of covered everything. Where would you say this sits in your list of top NXTs? Uh, I don't think it breaks top five. Mm-hmm. I've still got a lot of love for uh, New Orleans and both the War Games ones. Uh, top ten, I would say, probably. But there's, the the takeovers are so, so good. It's, it's actually hard for one to, to like, stand out um, above, like, away from the crowd. So, yeah, probably top ten. They're merging into each other now. In terms of quality, for yeah. me, I think I, I was sticking by Philadelphia for some time. That was a Gargano Almas takeover, mm-hmm. but I've been thinking quite a bit about war games recently. Uh, Pete Dunne and Co versus the Undisputed Era, Alistair Black and Johnny Gargano, possibly my favourite match I've seen in NXT um, for a number of reasons. I thought Trampa versus Dream was amazing. Truly, it was it was one of those false finish heavy ones. But I was see for a second in that match, I thought Dream had won it. I was convinced. Mm-hmm. Uh, just fantastic night that one. So War Games Two is creeping up there for me. I might have to give it a wee rewatch. <laughs> I, I think it's it's going to be a shock when. NXT takeover doesn't deliver and I think it's almost like when you have loads and loads of great days of weather and you need that one crappy day to almost like refresh the air we're going to need a crap NXT takeover to to start rebuilding how good takeover can be because like you said they're merging into each other and, and each one is trying to outdo the other one we need one to let everyone down so we can refresh and say mm-hmm. right let's see what NXT can actually do see even with the announcement of the NXT UK takeover, I personally thought the Blackpool takeover was sensational, mm-hmm. and I, I wonder how how on earth are they going to top that? Well, I, to an audience of about ten, if uh, if all the reports are around, how they've uh, screwed up with the dates, thinking that that New Japan hadn't sold out, and then realizing that they were using two ticket companies. And uh, I think the it was more well. 
I can get the New Japan thing, which is almost sold out or something, but it was uh, the rugby as well in Cardiff. Yep, yep. That's, that's the killer. Yep, and apparently hotels are already, if you can get one, absolutely stupid money. I mean, it's all right for me because we're about an hour and a half drive away, so that's if I get bad. tickets, I'll, I'll be fine to, to, to go there and back. But, yeah, I think it were a silly move by WWE, and it were all to to like attack all out it seems and they've dropped the ball but luckily it's what NXT UK is like the say the E division maybe if you count that main roster as like one A and B then NXT is a C two or five live yeah it's going to be like the E division isn't it? so at least that's one thing but I think it makes NXT UK look weak well, I know what Triple H said in the Facebook thing afterwards that they booked us well in advance, but it looks like it's just a cock-up. Yeah. It's not going to... It doesn't bother me. I'm not going to it anyway. So uh, <laughs> as long as it, as long as they shove everyone down to the front and they put the mics on them to make it sound raucous, then <laughs> I'll yeah. be fine with that. Just piping the, the, the noise from uh, up your end because they had some... Brutally loud day, so just pat that noise in, and they'll they'll be fine. Or oh, they could pipe in the the fake Roman Reigns cheers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't mean that. I don't. Uh, so before we finish up, we've had quite quite the twenty five takeovers. How do you think this was the homework task that I set you? Yeah. Um, I forgot think- my apple. It's all right. It's fine. Uh, how do you think t- NXT takeovers have evolved? Yeah, when you set me this this uh, task, it were it were quite hard for me to work out, really. But I think the earlier ones were almost like training exercises for yes. for the the wrestlers to be like to how to work in front of a camera, how to work a pay per view situation, and then they almost like evolved into like showcases of, of talent, uh, like this is who we are, this is what we're going to bring to the WWE eventually. Uh, and for now, I think it's almost like they've, they are, we are the indie version of WWE and we, we're we like fighting the front battle against the likes of AEW, against the likes of Ring of Honor, we're the WWE version of that kind of wrestling. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would agree. I think there's, there are three stages. You're right in that the first bunch were introductory phase, um, getting these young people used to the hard cam, the, all that sort of stuff, just wrestling a sort of pay-per-view style. Then the the arena era, when they stopped doing so many full-sale takeovers mm-hmm. and transitioned into working explicit, exclusively alongside the big fours. That was, and then you had your Finn Balor's, your Baileys, the the first true superstars of NXT, like superstars with a a lowcase S, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. And then since that, I, it's hard to say when the next stage was, but I think it was, I would say, when Johnny Gargano and Champa split up. Actually, I think since then, I don't. I'm not sure if that was a specific catalyst, but around that time, you had the likes of. Alistair Black coming in, Velveteen Dream started coming to prominence, the new era of all these guys, Champa having a, a very dominant reign, 
tag team match of the tag team matches the best matches of the night for a solid year or so. So I think that's the next era. So three stages, and it's it's almost got to the stage. It's it's all just about bettering the last one instead of not. I mean, they do tell still tell stories, but it's a wrestling showcase definitely. Okay. And this this question is a lot harder to answer, and I don't even know if I have an answer for it. But wh- where do you see NXT after fifty takeovers? I don't think it's as hard an answer as you think. Right. I've I've got a feeling that NXT will become an an a real third brand of of WWE. I think. Like I said, the guys are going all out to to better each other. They're going. They, there's many many times where people are saying that the takeover is the better show of like the WrestleMania or or uh, SummerSlam weekend. And I think somebody in WWE, hopefully Triple H, is gonna is gonna make a decision and say yes, these guys are a third division. There's not going to be any moving up, it's not going to be classed as a training uh, facility it's mm-hmm. going to be a division of itself, I mean we, we're already getting the likes of, of Tyler Breeze coming down and and hopefully like, sticking around if we can see a, a little bit more of that I mean I don't want all the old NXT guys to come back, mm. obviously they, then it, it it flood NXT like it like the, it bloat it out like the, the main roster is but I would like people to have careers in NXT and not just be there to wait till it's their turn to be called up and I think that's that's the path that we're going down because a lot of the people I know that Champa and Gargano have said that they love NXT and they're not really mm-hmm. in a rush to leave yeah so I think there's merit to what you're saying there there's it could be a not a developmental but a full-time I have reached my goal in my wrestling career mm-hmm. path I'm going to. I'm not sure what it will be like in fifty or twenty-five more takeovers time, but I will make a prediction that at some point, maybe not every four, every one of the big fours, but I think there might be a stadium takeover at some point over the next twenty-five takeovers. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Absolutely amazing. And you've also got to remember as well that WWE have got these big TV deals coming up, and I can easily uh, foresee. NXT being on Fox, being mm-hmm. part of this t- this deal, and if they could get, I mean, obviously we pay for the the network, and without the without NXT, that that would put me into one of those like, am I going to keep the the network going or not? If I'm going to be watching it on mainstream TV, but yeah, if if they got that kind of spotlight where they're on Fox Sports or FS1 or something like that. There'd be no need for them to feel like they have to move up to main roster because they will be legitimately a main roster like yep. network there on a on a properly big network. I think there's there's still enough for me on the network to keep it if NXT goes. Even taking even taking out the main weekly network stuff, uh, you get the pay per views. I do enjoy the interviews that they have, the documentaries, so and just revisiting old pay per views in general. So. From that point of things, NXT moving to a, a program, a TV station, it wouldn't harm me personally, and I think the exposure that they would get would be phenomenal. And just, mm-hmm. just watch, see if they stayed in full sale, for instance, and a larger audience saw that feverish atmosphere that full sale has. 
then that will that will feed people watching that will feed off that energy. Mm-hmm. Just like we have watching Full Sail, the first one I watched was when Sami Zayn won the title, and I hadn't seen a an atmosphere like that in a long, long time. So, I mean, if WWE want a true challenger to to that the kind of fans that AEW are going to attract, NXT is primed to be that be, be that company. And if you got that on a obviously we've got AEW coming up on TNT and RTV four, but if you got NXT on BT Sport with their the new deal coming up and oh, and on yes. Fox Sports. What a time to be a wrestling fan. What an absolute time oh. to be a wrestling fan that would be. Just uh, wrestling will be on the TV more than X Factor or I would not have a problem with that at yeah, all. Yeah, I wouldn't at all actually. That would be <laughs> that would be preferable. <laughs> so it's as usual, it's a good time to be an NXT fan. Always is. There's hardly a dull moment and there's nothing really that bothers us however it's time to test how much of an NXT fan you are Mr. Fogby for the love of God (laughs) I don't know if he'll help you with the last couple of questions we shall see so I present to you a takeover themed quiz and here is some music for you Bang on the hour mark as well, so that would be very easy to splice in. <laughs> Before I do that though, yes, I am living up to my gimmick so well with regards to doing terrible plugs that I forgot to do the plug entirely this week, so I'm splicing this in. Apologies to the Commander-in-Chief Jeremy Donovan and the rest of the Social Suplex guys, but I am writing that wrong right now and making sure that all our listeners know that you can go over to the Social Suplex Podcast Network to get more podcasts see this is terrible I should just not do this again uh, you've got One Nation Radio Keeping It Strong Style Ourselves Grown Men Watch This Shit All Things Elite NXT Then Now and Forever and brand new to the podcast network Get In The Ring um, go over to the app of your choice and give us a nice big sexy five star review uh, socialsuplex.com has all these podcasts as well as the columns that we put out if you go into the subscribe button they'll get sent direct to your email inbox Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group is where you can find us all chatting about all things wrestling and we are at Ricky and Clive on the good old Twitter apologies again I still might have even mucked up this plug but it's done, it's dusted back to the show holler it's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. So, takeover centric quiz. Number one. This last weekend was Roderick Strong's only singles takeover match, true or false? Now, I'm not counting the ones where they tape a match beforehand now sometimes I remember there was Roderick Strong versus Pete Dunne but they taped that for the following NXT TV episode I'm not counting them okay so you want wow uh, it, it, there's got to be at least one before he, he partnered up with Pete Dunne I'm going to have to say false, but with no answer to say whether it's right or wrong. I'm going false. I think he has wrestled at least at one singles match. 
Correct. Uh, <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> I, I was. Uh, I had to research it, and the answer was Eric Young. Not sure if you remember that match. Clearly, I do not. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't remember springtime or something like that. We had a, a takeover, and I think that might be the only other one. I can't remember any others. Uh, so, keeping with Eric Young, question number two. Eric Young has wrestled whether singles, tag, six-man, whatever you want to say, or a, an eight-person tag. How many takeovers has Eric Young wrestled on? Again, this is going to be a shot in the dark. I'm going to say just that one. I think one. The answer is five. Jesus Christ, that was me way off the mark. Rob Ropey, are you listening? (laughs) (laughs) I've got at least one point, though. At least it's not minus numbers. So, there was a Roderick Strong match. There was Sanity versus Cassius Ono, Ruby Riot, a couple of other people I can't remember. Uh, Takeover Mania weekend. There was a sort of eight-person tag match. What else? Uh, the World Games match. And they faced Authors of Pain. There was another one. What can I say? I've got awful, awful memory. I'm old. I'm an old, old, old man. You're not. <laughs> it's just Eric Young's not had a very memorable career, that's all. Career. Yeah, career. Uh, number three. Which takeover did Bailey lose her NXT women's title? Oh, do, 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 do. I'm going to go with, and again, these are literally, I might as well be closing my eyes and just chucking at a dartboard. I'm going to go with takeover the end. Oh. I thought you were going to say it because I heard the the, the Dallas. Sorry, Bailey, forgive me. See going forward, see if you can for, if you forget the name of the town or city, but you remember the weekend, Big Four weekend. I'll give you the point, okay? Okay, I won't. So there's no points <laughs> to be given. <laughs> Uh, number four, what was the name of the takeover where Finn Balor failed to retain his NXT title from Samoa Joe? Oh, Jesus wept. I can't even remember literally what I had for my tea today. Uh, so. It was a cage match. No, <laughs> your tea wasn't a cage match. It was a... <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Let's go with... Brooklyn. Brooklyn won. Oh, no. It was the end. Oh, seriously. You, you, I'm being sold down the river here, folks. Was there not a, a Morecambe and Wise <laughs> sketch years ago where they did the Mastermind? No, it was um, um, the two Ronnies. Two Ronnies, sorry. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. They, answered, they gave an answer to the previous question. Yeah. So that's... Well, I'll give you a quarter of a point. <laughs> Number five. At the same pay-per-view, the end, which current SmackDown superstar made their NXT debut? Uh, 
Let's go with... No, has he not moved to Raw? He probably has moved to Raw. I'm, I'm going to say him anyway. Just, I might as well look an idiot. I'm going to go with Andrade. Correct. Wow. I actually thought he'd moved to Raw. See, I've got one. Fuck you, Rab. I'm taking this win. <laughs> uh, number six. What was the women's title match at NXT TakeOver Unstoppable? Jesus wept. <laughs> Let's go with... Charlotte versus Sasha you got one right it it was Charlotte because you didn't pull your face straight away so it was uh, Sasha versus Becky and what was for all intents and purposes a submission match and it was uh, because the whole Bailey Sasha match at Brooklyn this match gets forgotten about but a fantastic yeah, match I, yeah I forgot about it yeah one of my favourite Becky Lynch <laughs> matches for sure not one of your favourite Becky Lynch matches obviously I forgot about it yeah like I said it gets forgotten <laughs> NXT Unforgettable it should be called <laughs> Forgettable oh. NXT Forgettable Spe- speaking of which number 7 how many takeovers has Wesley Blake completed, competed in just if you want to just guess just guess I'm going to guess one which one the last one he was uh, tag team champions with Mr Buddy Murphy for a spell so probably not that one then Uh, two let's go with two Uh, he was at he was on Rival he was on Unstoppable and he was at Brooklyn so I weren't far off though you weren't but still wrong not far enough (laughs) Uh, number 8 before um, NXT 25 XXV who was Tyler Breeze's last takeover match against this was at the same takeover as the Iron Woman match wow Uh, Let's say Drew. The answer was Apollo Cruz. Cruz rhymes with Drew. So that's worth a point. Yeah. I said Cruz, it was just bad a mark pick up. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine. More recent. Name all six wrestlers. Are you kidding? I can't name six wrestlers full stop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, involved in the six-man ladder match for the North American title last year. Right. Lars, Dane, Ricochet, Dream, Cole. Who is the last one done? Oh, well, no, go pick someone else apart from Dunn. Oh, that's going to be the one that annoys me because it's the one I can't picture. Almas. No, it's not Almas. <laughs> you have wrestler named Tourette's right now. Yeah. <sighs> Will I give you a clue? 
go on. Derek He's not ba- a big man. Derek Bateman. Oh, yeah, EC3. Yep. Uh, I'll give you the point. Number See, 10. That's why, that's why I forgot him, because he literally does nothing in a match. I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's not getting used, but he botched heavily in a main event match with Tyler Breeze once, so like, really bad. So there we go. Number 10. One Dusty Classic, Dusty Tag Team Classic trophy has been won on a taping with um, Alistair Black and Ricochet. Name the three takeovers where the tournament winners have been crowned on the night of the takeover. Do you need me to repeat the question? No, because I don't probably don't know the answer anyway. Uh, so I, I need the three takeovers where the dust, they had the dusty final. Yes. Let's go with Revolution. That's probably not one. Uh, let's go. <laughs> I am woeful. Honestly, quizzes are not my forte. Let's go with do do do. Respect. I know that that were a takeover name. No, that's the Iron Man one, though, isn't it? Is it so? Yeah. Let's go with that. That's one. Let's go with. I'm going to go with Dallas. That's probably not one. Nope. I give up. I give up. Then I am I'm woeful. Right. I should never enter quizzes unless it's like about me. You know, you could probably got them wrong. You could have you could have said no when I asked you to do the quiz time invitation. No, I'll, someone needs to have a bar through to the second round. So. <laughs> uh, right. The answer was respect. Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. I knew that one. Uh, Toronto. Oh, yeah, Toronto. And WrestleMania 34 when Roderick Strong screwed Pete Dunne, which started a multi-month-long feud that remains one of my favourites. Mm-hmm. I remember the matches, it's just I don't remember mm. any of the facts about them. Well, <laughs> uh, good luck to you in the quiz time invitational which should air at some point in July I need more than look I need a cheat sheet I need the answers I'll, I'll see <laughs> if I can put some sort of mirror up to my screen or something just like that 45 degrees uh-huh, like that there we go <laughs> so that concludes the quiz I think you got three right that's three more than I expected so that's a good result excellent three out of ten ain't bad as the song goes so you might not have done well in that, but I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation I had with you tonight, Darren. That was a really good discussion on NXT 25. Looking forward to having you on again. In the meantime, is there anything you want to say in general or plug? I know you've got a lot uh, to plug. Yep, yeah, have you got about 25 minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a, a multitude of podcasts. I have a podcast called Why We Watch, where I speak to content creators and fans of wrestling, find out their wrestling story and their history. I have a Badlands on the Brain Buster Radio Network, where me and Paul Toller, we de- debate 
Mount Rushmore's of wrestling with with guests, uh, but not just obviously the classic wrestling, uh, the greatest wrestlers Mount Rushmore, but we also like cover little differences in topics like title belts or mass wrestlers stuff like that. And if you're interested in UFC, I have a podcast with my with my lad where. We review UFC events. That's called the Five Rounds Pod. You can find me on Twitter if you if you dare get involved in one of my Twitter arguments uh, at DAJ Kirby. Um, absolutely love this uh, collab. Um, anytime I get to come on this show is an absolute blessing. I really do enjoy talking to to you guys. And yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. No, thank you for coming on. As I say, it's a it's a joy to chat with you. For listeners, if you haven't listened to the Badlands or the Why We Watch, there are many wrestling podcasts out there where opinions come across as absolutes. There are hot takes, people get triggered, people fight, um, handbags are thrown. Badlands and Why We Watch, it's not about the current product, it's just a chat about friends talking about wrestling. There's no politics, there's no agendas, it's just a good chat and a thoroughly implore you to have a listen at them they're really good thank you very much that's all we're trying to do we're just trying to bring fun back to wrestling especially with wrestling twitter it gets a little bit toxic and you've got to draw battle lines and stuff like that and there's no need for it at the end of the day it's entertainment and that's what i like to to bring out with the podcast that i do yep well what i like to bring to the podcast is some breaking news now, I'm laughing already. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! See, I'm way out of practice with us. Um, <laughs> I can't even remember it. Right, hold on. Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano were given written warnings from their job at the auction house because they only decide to sell when when it suits them. Good art, people. But Good art. <laughs> but they kept. They decided to keep Adam Cole on because he was no shit. Oh God! They decided to keep Johnny Gargano on because he was okay to do the job. <laughs> wow! Wow! Dreadful, absolutely dreadful, ladies and gentlemen. Shocking, shocking jokes there, and you even had the cheek to mention. Uh, Mark and Waz and Ronnie, uh, the two Ronnies, and you you bring that that joke to the table. Those those men ain't got shit on me. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from him. <laughs> oh, nicely done, nicely done. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at bet mgm 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.